Is a popular popular podcast. Do not be afraid. Welcome to Popular History, a library of Catholic knowledge and insights brought to you daily. My name is Greg, and this is the seventh installment in our twenty-one part series covering all the twenty-one new cardinals announced by Pope Francis during his Sunday Angelus on July 9th. The consistory will take place on Saturday, September thirtieth. Our cardinal-elect for today is from South Africa, so I wanted to start with a bit of a broader look at the church and apartheid, that notorious decades-long policy of brutal racial segregation in South Africa that today's cardinal-elector grew up under. The Catholic Church doesn't always come across well in history, but in my brief look into this particular topic, the church comes across pretty well. From the beginning of the period, when the apostolic administrator of what would become the Archdiocese of Cape Town described apartheid as, quote, noxious, unchristian, and destructive, end quote, in a letter to all priests of the diocese when the policy was enacted, to John Paul II refusing to visit and even supporting sanctions against the apartheid regime, as well as appointing a black archbishop of Cape Town, Archbishop Naidu, and on to the next archbishop of Cape Town, Archbishop Henry, giving communion to Nelson Mandela in 1993. Now, Mandela was a lifelong Methodist, and for those of you who might be unfamiliar with Catholic practice here, giving communion to non-Catholics is unheard of. I was shocked when I read it, and it scandalized many Catholics at the time. Now, more scandalous when it comes to Archbishop Henry, he apparently botched a clerical sexual abuse case because the priest in question who was later convicted despite the archbishop's lack of follow-up on the credible accusations, was a friend. Again, that's all Archbishop Henry, the predecessor of our cardinal-elect. Not our guy. I just make sure I mention that sort of stuff when I come across it, because it needs to be talked about so it doesn't happen again. Anyways, that's enough general background stuff. Let's look at our actual cardinal-elect for today. And the first thing to get out of the way about Stephen Brislin is that unlike his two predecessors I just mentioned, he was seen as white under apartheid, being of Scottish and Irish descent. And he did grow up in the apartheid regime, being born in Welcome, South Africa, on September 24, 1955. He traveled a bit to the University of Cape Town to study psychology, then started his seminary studies with philosophy in Pretoria's Seminary of St. John Vianney, followed by theological training further afield at the Missionary Institute of Mill Hill in exotic London, England. Finally, he got his actual bachelor's degree in Leuven, Belgium. In 1983, he was ordained a priest for his home diocese of Kroonstad back in South Africa. And for years, he lived the life of a parish priest, sometimes acting as a chaplain, sometimes as a pastor, and eventually picking up responsibilities as the vicar general for the diocese as a whole, starting in 1990. In 2003, Father Breslin became the apostolic administrator for the Diocese of Kronstadt upon the death of the preceding bishop. Three years later, Father Breslin became Bishop Breslin of Kronstadt. So, why did I go on about Cape Town earlier? Because we've come a long way since Pope Formosus. Folks can switch seas now, which is what happened in 2009, 
when Pope Benedict appointed Stephen Brislin Archbishop of Cape Town. He was formally installed in 2010. Now, of course, that was well over a decade ago at this point. There have been many opportunities to make Archbishop Brislin a cardinal since that time, so why is he only getting a red hat now? Of course, this is conjecture, because ultimately, as an absolute monarch, the Pope can do whatever he wants in terms of picking cardinals, but it seems basically he had to wait in line, because South Africa already had a cardinal, Cardinal Napier of Durham, who was made a cardinal priest in 2001 by Pope St. John Paul II. Now, don't worry, Cardinal Napier fans, he hasn't passed away without you hearing about it. But he did reach the age of 80, therefore automatically losing his ability to vote in conclaves and leaving South Africa without representation in the College of Cardinals, a situation which, I should say, was far from unique among African nations. In any event, we now have Cardinal-elect Brislin. Once he is officially elevated, Stephen Brislin will be eligible to vote in future conclaves till he turns 80 himself in 2035. That's enough for today. There's plenty more to discuss about the Cardinal-elect, and we may well get another longer-format episode on him down the line, as this episode is part of Cardinal Numbers, our ongoing series where we discuss and eventually rate and rank all the Cardinals of the Catholic Church. Thank you for listening. God bless you all.